1: all right i'm bobby burton this is on texas football i'm joined today uh, by eric naline publisher of inside texas it's our weekly state of the program uh episode uh eric and i are going to talk a little bit about what the longhorns expect uh prior to starting practice next week. Uh, And also a little bit of recruiting information, Uh, the Longhorns hosting a barbecue tomorrow uh, on Thursday uh, with some of the uh, areas or some of the state's top recruits. Uh, A couple of guys coming in from out of state as well. Uh, Eric, welcome to the show, man. Hey, what's going on, Bobby? Uh, You know, we've got we've all got issues right now. Uh, (laughs) I am uh, I am upset about uh, my car dealership keeping my car in the shop for a little longer than I had hoped. Uh, but we'll, we'll get past that and talk about the Longhorns right now. Eric, uh, let's talk first about the barbecue tomorrow. Uh, Longhorns, Arch Manning expected in town, as well yep. as a couple of other key commitments. Uh, a lot of the offensive linemen coming in, uh, Tay Cook, Malik Muhammad, uh, a number of guys <clears throat> headed to Austin. Uh, a number of uncommitted guys as well uh, headed to uh, Austin. Uh, what are your thoughts on what Texas is trying to accomplish uh, with the barbecue tomorrow.
0: Well, you know, I wrote late last night about uh, a couple corners. I think they need to get a couple of those guys at least uh, forward motion on those. Keep the velocity moving on those recruitments. And also, I think uh, Colton Vosick is a big one uh, that's coming in. Just when you think about needs in the program, edge is a giant need in the class. Uh, and then, you know, you want to get guys in the boat like they got Malik Muhammad, so they can start focusing on people. They don't really have that edge guy in uh, other than Billy Walton in the class. So they need to they need to really work and shorten up those guys. Um, and then of course everybody's curious if, if Javian Toviano is going to show up uh, I tend to think he will I wrote that I, I you know I feel pretty confident in him it. it's tough because that kid is a tough guy to get a read on uh, but you know with the people I've talked to they, they think it's likely that he shows up to Austin on Thursday
1: so Toviano and Matthews are the corners coming in along with Muhammad who's already committed um, and then you mentioned Edge with Col- Colton Vosick Jamorius Brown, the young man from Moss Point, Mississippi, also supposed to be there as well. He's more of a guy that can play up and down the line, though, too, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. I think uh, maybe just a little bit bigger uh, Malcolm Roach at, at this stage in his career, a guy that, you know, he's got a lot of bounce in him. You know, you see those guys that are 6'3", 270, but they move like they're, you know, 6'1", 240, like linebackers. Uh, they're just bigger guys that have a lot of bounce in them. Uh, and and they've got a lot of wiggle in their hips, too. You know, they're, they're loose-hipped guys for being such big athletes. Uh, not surprising, both guys played offense in high school. Uh, Malcolm Roach more tight end, H-back. Jamarius Brown, just wherever they feel like putting him, he's even kicking and punting. It's kind of fun to watch. It's very, very entertaining highlights. So, you know, you like the fact that he's coming in with his parents. Uh, same thing with uh, Jordan Matthews coming in with his family. Uh, you you know, the whole idea about the barbecue is a family atmosphere. Uh, you're not just trying to win over the kid. You're trying to win over the family.
1: It's interesting that you talk about that. Uh, Brown also wants to uh, uh, major in engineering. And I've said this before, there is no better engineering school uh, that he's considering than the University of Texas among a group of any of them in the Southeastern right. Conference. Um, yeah. Hey, uh, another thing that Jerry mentioned yesterday, and you mentioned Edge, and I'm going back to this one. And that's uh, Braylon Shelby, young man out of Friendswood, is expected to make a decision uh, between Texas and Southern Cal. He was a maybe for this week, uh, still was a maybe as last time we talked to him. Um The issue there uh, really is, you know, Texas uh, has to close the deal on someone like Shelby, like Vosick, that can uh, play to that play that position that uh, gets after the quarterback essentially Texas really needs that in this class.
0: Well, you know, that's a fun recruitment because, you know, recruiting is all about pulling the right levers. And, you know, both those schools, USC and UT, have the right levers to pull, and they're tugging on with, as hard as they can. You know, USC's got some things going for him out there with his brother playing for the Chargers. Uh, proximity, of course. Uh, there's a lot of moms that want their their kids home, clo- uh, close to home. Um, if you're a mom from Friendswood, would you rather have your son at in Austin or out in big, bad L.A.? Uh, you know? So it's going to be interesting to see whether he picks burnt orange or burnt brisket. <laughs>
1: <laughs> with link that's obviously a for folks that don't know that is a great <laughs> uh reference to uh lincoln riley's lack of brisket making skills uh riley uh posted on twitter uh some time ago uh, what he thought was some great looking brisket and it just looked burnt so uh there is that all right um eric uh we talk about recruiting and where texas is at uh La- the latest commitment coming from Muhammad uh, and then from Peyton Kirkland following that. So those two have come in the last uh, week to 10 days. Uh, do you expect any over the next week to 10 days?
0: Um, do I expect them? No, but would I would be surprised by a couple? No, you know, um, keeping Vosek, uh in town is, is interesting to me. You know, that visit is big. Um, that's one of those where, you know, I think the parents want them close, obviously with his dad, having played there, Westlake being right down the road from DKR. Uh, but sometimes kids want to get away and, and, um, you know, just, just get a different experience in life. And so I think that's what he's up against. Now, does he want to go from, uh, Westlake and Austin to Eugene, that would be a little more enticing to me than going to Norman and playing for his dad's, uh, arch rival. So I, that would be kind of hard for me to, for me to see, um, but, you know, they'll get him in this weekend. And, and you know, maybe he's closer to, to committing to Texas than anybody realizes. I don't know that. I haven't heard that. But, you know, just reading the fact pattern there, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Jordan Matthews, we know that he wants to take his time and go to the first couple of weeks. But uh, if he really gets that vibe at Texas, I could see him shutting it down uh, sooner than he, uh, he had initially uh, thought about doing.
1: Really big one for Texas is Darian Gallette, young man out of uh, Marlin, yep. uh, head, headed to Teague, transferring to Teague for his senior year. Um, Whereas Dad got a coaching gig, uh, Galette visiting Texas tomorrow, but then possibly visiting A and M over the weekend as well. Um, he's one. He's looking to wrap <clears throat> wrap up his recruitment fairly soon as well.
0: Yeah, you know all the all the uh, momentum was on the UT side coming out of the official visit, and I think he was ready to go on it. Uh, but you know, people in his circle, I, I real I think uh, said you know slow down a little bit, don't get caught up in the momentum because when you get caught in the momentum, you're making an emotional decision and uh, you know, m- emotional decisions don't always work out. Uh, but you know, I mean that, that probably would have to me, that's the best scheme for him without a doubt is, is the UT and what, what they're doing with their edge players. Um, but you know, I, I think he'll probably make a August decision. Um, and you know, the, the a visit is up in the air from what we hear. So I, I still think UT leads, a lot of people are worried about AM, of course. Uh, but I think some of that is built more on the last cycle, as opposed to the, our most recent data on, on what they're doing uh, in recruiting. What about, uh, our
1: guys, uh, And it didn't Ryan Anthony Hill. uh, So many people have made uh, this uh, a a big recruitment obviously is a big time recruit. So that's part of it, but it really looks like it's boiling down to Texas and Texas A&M Texas has won most of those battles this year. Clearly Uh, Um, mm -hmm. is is this a one, is this a big one for both teams? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? He's expected uh, in at A&M this weekend. Uh, So at the same time, a lot of people have thought he might be leaning to, to the Longhorns. W- what are your thoughts on the Anthony Hill recruitment?
0: Well, you know, I mean, Texas is trying to put a bow on on the dominance of the summer. Uh, and so, and a is trying to keep that from happening. And so, obviously, that's just going to add to the magnitude of the recruitment. Uh, it's already a big recruitment on its own, but it had, a, had he been committing in June, it wouldn't be nearly as big as this coming to an head and, you know, things boiling over, so to say. Uh, but they're going to stick to the script and go to AM this weekend. They had already in, intended it was going to be an official visit until uh, A&M read the rules wrong, uh, and they had to turn it into an unofficial visit. I'm sure he'll still find his way out to the ranch. Uh, but, you know, he's uh, you know, he, I don't think he's going to make an immediate decision after that visit. I think he's going to take his time, but it, it should come uh, either before, uh, before the season starts or early in the season, from what we hear. It, it sounds
1: like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, sounds like a lot of these guys, not all of them, but a lot, want to make their decisions before their senior year that's only natural because they want to have that scholarship in place in case they do get injured or what have you but some like Jalen Hale McCall Harrison pilot are wanting to wait until sometime during the season uh David Hicks is another one uh, that says he's going to wait um what are your thoughts on whether they do it one way or the other
0: well, I think that once once they allowed summer official visits, it made a lot more uh, sense to make your decision before the season. I mean, it always made sense to me because some kids just know. I mean, I wonder how many kids know where they're going. You know, by whether it's a month in, in ahead, two months, three months. I mean, I think they know early on. I think it's kind of like uh, meeting a significant other. You know, you know pretty quick in the in the courtship whether or not it's going to work out and whether or not that's the person for you. <clears throat> so I think it, it always made sense for some of those guys to announce before summer, but became even more likely that they would once official visits were allowed. Uh, you know, Jalen Hale, Michael Harrison pilot. Uh, I think they'll know where they're going well before they, they sign. I, it wouldn't even, I mean, I think they, they both know right now where they want to go. Uh, I think that's pretty clear. So, I mean, you know, once you know and you're mature enough to handle the calls and in the, the season and school all, all coming back at, at once, um, I think it's perfectly fine to wait a little bit, but you know, those guys already know where they want to go. Um, Eric,
1: you're looking at the Texas recruiting efforts overall. I've, I've talked about it. I think they're doing a, a, a great job. Uh, you and I have discussed it, Jerry, Justin, all of us. Um, is there, you mentioned the edge prospects and, and where they need to end up there. Is there anything else that you're worried about as far as recruiting right now with the Longhorns?
0: I mean, I wouldn't even say I'm worried about edge, uh, just kind of curious because it doesn't have a logical conclusion to me. Like, I don't know exactly how it's going to go. And, and, you know, there's some uncertainty, but, you know, back in late November last year, I wrote an article saying that there were tailwinds, uh, there were tailwinds in recruiting. And even then I wasn't really worried about offensive line. Now I knew some things that were going to come down the pipe or that were likely. Uh, and so if I wasn't really worried about offensive line in November of last year, I'm not going to worry about edge at this point. Um, and like we said, I think there are, are some recruitments that we don't know anything about. We don't even know to cover them yet uh, that are going to come out and make this uh, make the cycle a lot more interesting than it looks like right now, as far as, you know, uh, just surprises and, and mysteries and stuff. Uh, but, you know, I'm not worried about edge recruiting. Um, I am kind of curious just because I don't have nearly as good a grip on it as, as the other positions.
1: Not only, I, I think one of those things too is um, not just the edge, but overall the reason why you're, you're hedging a little bit on some things. We don't know where a guy like Jordan Hall is in his recruitment. Um, the, the young pass rusher also, and I'm talking about the young defensive tackle out of uh, Jacksonville, uh, the, the defensive end edge guy out of Miami area that Texas is, uh, is uh, expecting to get in yeah. on as well as uh, the, the guy out of uh, Moss Point, Mississippi. A lot of those out-of-state guys, mm-hmm. you and I just don't have that natural – or Jerry or, or Justin or whoever doesn't have that natural inclination of understanding their recruitments as well as the in-state guys because we've been focused on those for yeah. so long.
0: And we also don't know how the season's going to go. That's going to open up doors or close doors that we're not aware of. Uh, yeah, uh, Damon Wilson out of Venice, Florida – um texas is going to start pushing on him a little harder he's an edge he's a uh, he's an elite edge um they still got Cecilia Kana who's who's likely to visit in october um so you know i think uh you know that we're going to figure out what happens with vasik and shelby but you know if they miss on one of those guys which i think is probably more likely at this point then they're really going to start picking it up with other guys
1: it's really interesting because it it, you and i know this it it's almost (laughs) like there's they're waiting for certain things to happen so they can figure out what they're going to do next at certain positions. Um, And others are already set in stone. Like they're not going after another running back. They're not going after another quarterback. They've got the receivers kind of figured out Uh, offensive lines off. I mean, it's just, they're at different places in different recruitments and it's typically uh, not individualized as much as it is position by position.
0: Yeah. I mean, we have an idea on their edge plan. We just don't know how the plan is going to play out. Unfold. Yes, exactly. All
1: right. Hey, Eric, uh, moving on to the team real quick. I know uh, people want to hear about this. Uh, Longhorns one week away uh, from uh, getting back on the field, uh, getting uh, some official work in, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, I wrote an article today uh, on Inside Texas about that. I feel like this is the most talented offense Texas has had in at least 10 to 15 years. Um, they have a five star recruit at every single skill position on offense, whether it's Bijan Robinson, Quinn Ewers, Jatavian Sanders, Xavier Worthy, and Ajay Hall. Mm-hmm. They, they're loaded right now. And uh, several of those, like Robinson, Robinson, um, uh, Worthy, even Isaiah Nayor, have produced at five star levels. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts right now as you look at that offense in Texas? plus. website details.
0: I wouldn't compare it to any previous one because, you know, a lot of it uh, comes down to how they're, they're put into play. Um, you know, I really like Paul's article the other day about how the scheme diversity, that's something I've been touching on with, uh, uh, you know, I wrote an article about camp battles. Uh, we always look at camp battles as the head to head between individual players at the same position, but I'm curious about the players that are going to make the schemes pop, uh, Versus other guys that make it go. So if you've got Jordan Whittington in 11 personnel at slot receiver, do you want him there or do you want Jaleel Billingsley in 12 personnel there? You know, what I wrote about when they got Billingsley is Billingsley almost gives you 11 and a half personnel because he's more of a receiver than a tight end. So I'm really I'm curious to see what uh, what schemes and looks become the dominant looks over the course of August, as much as I am in the camp battles. I did write a camp battle piece the other day about the five biggest ones we're paying attention to. And that is interesting to me. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, but I'm, I'm waiting to see how the ID identification of this team comes apart as far as, or comes along as far as their scheme. Uh, and that goes on defense, probably even more so than offense offense. We just kind of have a better handle on because the pieces are more clear.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Uh, you bring up that article you wrote and I read it. And one of the one, I, uh, some of them were just natural to me, Kelvin Va- Banks versus Andre Kerich, you know, some of them, we just, you and I, they, they write themselves, right. Sure. And, and that, that's Okay. The one that you wrote about that caught my attention more than the others because I hadn't really thought about it deeply is David Benda versus Diamante Tucker-Dorsey really is that second inside linebacker uh, Mm -hmm. next to Jalen Ford. DeMarvian Overshone is not a true inside linebacker. So Benda versus uh, the the grad transfer Diamante Tucker-Dorsey is an interesting uh, one. Take people inside your thought process and what you talked about there.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, that's the inside info one there. Um, You know, we know what the coaches are trying to work on with DeMarvian, and we also know how Tucker and and Benda are doing in seven-on-seven. And, and, you know, just so you don't have to say Diamante, Tucker, Dorsey, they all call him Tuck just to shorten it. So maybe once he becomes a household name – or if he becomes a household name, we'll be able to shorten that one. Um, But, yeah, so they're looking at – you know – There's certain packages where they have a Sam linebacker and certain packages where they have a buck, and the buck would be Ovia Gufo. Well, when they want a linebacker, off, another off-ball linebacker, they'll pull a Gufo off and put in one of Benda or Tucker, uh, Tucker Dorsey. Uh, He hasn't earned the right for us to call him Tuck yet. Uh, But so they have very uh, interesting uh, differences. You know, Benda is more athletic, um, maybe looks a little bit more of the D1 part. Uh, but I don't know if he has a diagnostic skills. They're both showing to be really good uh, against the pass and seven on seven. So that really caught my eye. Um, you know, when the pads come on, Tucker Dorsey might have the, 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 the pl- ball in his favor because of how much experience he has. He has over 50 games, even if at, at the uh, FCS level. He's an All-American. But if you put on the tape, <clears throat> he knows how to find the football uh, in traffic. And so that might be something that gives him a little bit of advantage over Benda. But this is something they're going to look at because it allows them to freelance to Marvin Overshown. I,
1: I, I, I hear all of that. And I, and I agree with what you're saying. The question is, is whether David Benda can find the football. He's well, probably more physically talented than Tucker Dorsey, uh, but not, you know, a lot of it comes down to just finding the football and whether yeah. or not Benda can do that in traffic. Um, Eric, anything else you want to touch on uh, prior to the guys returning? I know that they're already there working out this is just the official beginning, I guess, of of football that's coming up next week.
0: Yeah. I mean, so the team will be at the pool party. That's a, it's a team event as much as it is a recruiting event. You know, that's again, they just want everybody to hang out. Uh, and then the team will be off until early next week. So they'll have a few days off to decompress. And I think that, I think the coaches might get some time off too. At least they should. Um, yeah i'm excited about it as much as everybody you know i don't read much about the team i write a lot about it and the more i write about it the more i am actually investigating and that's when i start to get kind of excited about it so writing the the, the camp preview stuff kind of gets me going a little bit uh kind of gets me out of that recruiting mode uh and into football mode I, you know I, I like to cover both but they each kind of have their seasons as far as i'm concerned
1: yeah no i get it i get it all right eric uh Naline uh insidetexas.com publisher uh, thanks for joining us this has been the state of the program on Texas football Okay round 2 name something that's not boring
0: a Laundry Oh a book club Computer solitaire huh
1: Ah oh, sorry we were looking for Chumba casino <laughs>